It's semantics. I'm just gonna match whatever's happening behind us. With Krisha and Frank. Hello. It's the opera episode. Yeah, I may need to move the microphone closer to our faces because we're getting drowned out by, I assume, leaf blowing? I, who, who's leaf blowing in May? Well, look at my backyard. It desperately needs it. Well, as we were just discussing, the cloud of pollen that yes. came flying off of the pine tree. Yeah. Yeah, it's not helping my situation It looks here. like, it was so thick, it looked like the smoke monster from Lost. I am so hopped up on allergy pills. Like, I understand why you have to show your ID. You see Kristen Ballard tweeted that. She said she took an allergy pill, yeah. and now she understands why you have to show your ID <laughs> when you get it, because it's just like, I feel amazing! <laughs> Four think, straight hours, I'm like... <laughs> there's a funny meme going around about the allergy problem being so bad that the criminals are turning meth back into Sudafed. Oh my gosh, it's true. <laughs> I'm hopped up on the Sudafed right now, and I have I buy the Sudafed that you have to get behind the counter. The red pills? The little bitty ones. Those are good. Well, the, but the there's one that you can buy that you don't have to get behind the counter, but that one gives me heart palpitations. Yeah. The behind the counter one is just straight Sudafed, like load me up, kids. Good, all right, mm-hmm. so you're good. I'm, except for my ear, I'm good. You're not palpitating. I'm not palpitating. All right. Yeah. Well, at the end of the previous episode of Semantics, we promised that we would uh, delve into a special event that was... Oh, so special. It was so special for me because my lovely bride, Jerry the Brave, had the opportunity to be in an opera. Yes. And it was Aida, which is such a huge opera that the Knoxville Opera... It is opera, a grand opera, It is the grandest. The grandest of operas. Yeah. So what they do is they, have, they hire their normal opera chorus and they pay those people individually. So this is like Ernie Roberts, Brandon Gibson. Right. Some other folks that we've known who've done this for a while, you know, yeah. Maurice Hendricks is another guy who's in it a lot. Uh, there's another lady we know from church named Becky Collins who does this. So then, in addition to that, the opera needs dancers. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's what we do. Yes. So the opera needs dancers, so they go and they hire Go Contemporary Dance Works to do a ballet in the middle of the opera. Yes. So the dancers don't get paid individually, but the dance company right. uses the money for their expenses. Then the opera turns around and hires the Knoxville Choral Society, please come provide X number of males and females, Female, females to be in the opera with your trained because forces. Because there were over 300 people, 300 costumes, Yeah. I was told by the director. It was gigantic. So then Jerry doesn't get paid to be in this opera. Now, if she can get hired by the opera chorus and get, you know, $100 to be right, in the right. opera next year, that would be cool. But still being in it is so it she gets to be in it. and amazing. So she's going to have to do the makeup. She's going to have to get fitted for a costume, yes. all of the things. And she got to perform at the Rossini Festival. Yes, which is, you're already there. Right. So I was the already... of Rossini. I was going to be at the Rossini Festival. And she's now going to be at the Rossini Festival, and which she would have been anyway. Right, but, but now she she's needs performing. to perform. So she needs a little quiet time to get ready, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we decided. Remember when we went to the Hearth Scares Ball? Oh, how do I remember? You, I won a costume contest with my husband. And you got a good prize. We got a great prize. What was it? We got uh, dinner at the uh, Bistro by the Bijou, and a Knox Whiskey Works tour. Nice. Yeah. And you bought something in the silent auction, too? Yes, a tiki godhead and a dill pickle seasoning bowl. Now, Jerry bought a table that we had to lug out to the car. Yes, she did. And she also bought a gift certificate from the Oliver Hotel. Yes. So we're thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great if we could get into the Oliver Hotel on Rossini Festival weekend? That's probably crazy. It's probably slammed. Uh-huh. Well, we've been thinking about this since October. 
So somewhere around January, February, we'd say, well, let's just call and see. Yeah. And sure enough, we're able to use this gift certificate for the night before the Rossini Festival. Which is awesome. To stay at the Oliver Hotel. And then we decide that as our Christmas slash anniversary gift, because that's the problem with when you're old. You just lump it all together. Things don't, presents don't match up necessarily with dates. No, they don't have to. So we decide we will splurge and pay for a second night at the Oliver Hotel. And it's not cheap. No, no. No, but we in effect, oh, there's that cloud of pollen again. Oh, Oh, my goodness. So now we're going to be there for the Friday night and the Saturday night. Yes. And this is fantastic. So I'm now watching two wasps. The wasps from the last episode are back now. So Jerry drives down, checks into the hotel while I'm at work. Mm -hmm. My job is to bring the radio station vehicle down and park it in Market Square on the sidewalk Mm -hmm. the night before. Because for the previous five Rossini festivals, that has been my task. And I was told, get the van in before the street closures so that you don't hit anybody. Yeah. Don't deal with it. Well, something has changed. They changed the way they do all of this because I come cruising in with the Rossini, with the van rather, and my wife is there to guide me in and there's some street preachers who are furious with me Uh, because I am working on their Sabbath and they are blocking my path and don't want me to work on their Sabbath. I I am not a fan of those street preachers. They accosted my children. Right. That's a problem. So they're mad at me and they're also mad at my wife for wearing pants. Right. So that was awkward. And I didn't find out later that there's someone watching us from a window in the Oliver Hotel watching all of this transpire. Yes. And I get them to move. I said, look, you can have your spot back. I just need to get this van completely past where you're standing. And really, the only way I can do that is to drive through the spot where you're standing. So I'm sorry. So, so he steps aside. I park the van. And then the police come. They think that I have a fertilizer bomb in the radio station oh, van. for the love of God. Because no one has told them that oh I'm coming. God. And I'm thinking, this is odd because this is the fifth consecutive year I've done this. But something has changed. There's some tension. There's some tension. Right. The uh, securities are elevated. There's yeah. been a meeting you know, for all the yeah. festival organizers they right. had to go to. There's been things. So things I said, have like, happened. So I have, I produced the necessary ID. Right. I'm, I, I am who I am. Everything matches. Yes. They're like, okay, all right. But you should have had a permit. You should have had informed us. Something else should have happened. So now I know for next year. Things well, are not good. the same. Things are not the same. So we go and we spend the evening in the Oliver Hotel and come down ready for the brunch the next day. Uh-huh. And when you stay at the Oliver Hotel, you get a card that is worth $30 toward breakfast. Right. Which, maybe, as you should. Cause... Maybe it's $15 per person. So 30 for the right, two right. of us. And the Oliver Royale. So they have fine food there. And it's actually, they cost about $15 per entree. So it's it, it works, works out, out just so. While I'm, we're about to sit down, I start getting the panicked calls from the radio crew. Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm, we're talking about 10 yards away. Right, you know, right. I just have to walk out of the restaurant and see that the people who have the booth next to us are in our booth space. You know, they're right. they're backed up all the way against the van. Right. Had to get them to excuse me, move your stuff. No, this is where our tent goes. Van, you know, you don't van. get all the way. You go, this is your this line mm-hmm. here. This there is, the, is a map. There is a festival map. There's chalk. There's chalk. Um, do you see the chalk? There's chalk. This on the, is not just from the chalk walk. It's not even happened yet. Right. So, Rossini Festival occurs now. We, Jerry and I can at any time go use indoor plumbing. Yes. And cool off or warm up or whatever yeah. you need to do. Dry off, towel yeah, so down. so we are spoiled rotten now. And yes. I need to start putting pennies away for next As year's say, Rossini you better, Festival. You better hope you win another auction. Well, I did, cleverly, 
get them to donate another night's stay to the Front Page Follies auction. <laughs> there you go. So I can uh, try to buy it. Yeah. Although those people will all try to outbid me, I'm sure. But Well, you never know. I can make an effort. But anyway, I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah. Thinking. Use my noodle. Yeah. So we went to the opera. So Jerry performed with the Rossini yes. Festival, and we got to meet some of the principals, and they did the big baba da ba scene. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, she just had rehearsal after rehearsal after rehearsal, even more so, mm-hmm. uh, to learn the big triumphal scene. And you and got to go kind of hang out. Yes, I got to go backstage and meet people and mm-hmm. interview, go to rehearsals, and get to know the principals who are visiting from New York or Philadelphia or Seoul, South Korea or wherever. Right. And they get to know me, which is kind of exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Maybe I'm maybe I'm exaggerating, but mm-hmm. I found it to be uh, just a smidge, exciting. a smidge exciting. And then I needed a date for the opera, so I've been talking to you about this for how long? Months. And months. I'm like, you need to mark May fourth on your calendar. And what did I do? You marked May fourth on your May calendar. 4th on my calendar. So we meet finally backstage. We yeah. decide we're going to park in the cast parking because why not? Yeah, I wore my pretty dress. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You look fancy lovely. shoes. And then normally when I go see the opera. I just walk in the front door and I sit in my seat and I, I talk a schmooze, mm-hmm. talk to people in the lobby. Mm-hmm. But this time, my wife's in it. You're coming with me. Uh-huh. I have got nerves of steel. And I've also talked to you about the fact that, that working in country radio, right, I realized that if you walk with importance backstage anywhere, people will just let you in. Right. So I said, that's what we're going to do. We are going to walk backstage and, and we're going to stroll right in like and we... that is what we do. Like we belong. And we took pictures with props, and then, um, <laughs> and then I felt a different vibe mm-hmm. when we go to the stage door, like where it's important, and they held it open for us. Like, oh, please, let me get the door for you. Then I'm like, oh, this is working. Oh, this is working. We walked with importance, and we were dressed nicely. And as soon as we walked in, as soon as she helped the woman pulled the door open, you could hear someone from inside the backstage area and go, "Hey, Frank." <laughs> <laughs> And it was from that point forward as if they were holding this for you. <laughs> it was, hey, Frank, and this this aura glow overtook you, and you became the mayor of Aida. <laughs> and I told Jerry <laughs> after she had finished her part and came and sat with us that you were like if heaven exists that's what it is for you is going to the grandest of the opera and everyone knowing you that's really what it is and and everyone speaking to you and you speaking to everyone and you glad handing hand shaking shite talking blibbity blabbing with every human being on said planet Backstage, front stage, side stage, out in the lobby, by the bar, in the bathroom. No matter. It's going to happen. And as your date, I will get to glad hand and converse with all of the said people as well. Right. Even when I have to go pee so bad. I'm sorry. That's fine. I will do it anyway because I was proud to be your date. (laughs) Well, as soon as we go backstage, we start meeting members of the Knoxville Symphony Orchestra who are arriving and headed down to the pit. So I know several of them. I mean, my next-door neighbor is in the symphony, yeah. although he missed it that night. He was out sick. Hello, 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 hello. Hi, right. hang, hang, so hang, I'm oh, talking oh. to... Christian, so-and-so, so-and-so. Oh, look at so-and-so you. And you, and oh, congratulations on your room. Oh, yes, here's William Schaub, the concertmaster, everyone. Oh, look, the most important person here. There you are. Hello, hello, Right, so then we see Joe Gladstone, who's the stage manager. We see Maestro. Yes. Maestro Seleski seems okay with me being there. 
It's kind of... <laughs> I mean... He was excited with me yes, being there, actually. He's, yes. He's got... His marketing director is leaving. He's intense, by the way. Maestro? Yes. Yes. So, but his marketing director is leaving, so he's going to be in the process of hiring a new one, <laughs> and he knows that... He handed me an application, and... <laughs> yeah, well, that's funny. But he knows that whoever he hires will have to work closely with me and maintain this, whatever mm-hmm. I, we've been doing to promote the opera. Mm-hmm. So he's... Is this the episode where you announce that you're leaving your day job and you're going to go work for the opera? No, that's will be a future... That's down okay. the road yet. We haven't even gotten there yet. Okay, soon. <laughs> I'm going to leave radio for the lucrative world of opera. It's happened before. Well, let's put it this way. Someone's leaving opera for the lucrative world of feeding the poor. Well, when you uh, leave, When you leave the opera to go get a better we, paying job at a food bank... Can we just say there's a lot of money in charity? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever looked up how much those 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 uh, important people at the at charities make. They're doing okay. Yeah. 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 If you're high yeah. enough up. Yeah, you can pay yeah. yourself well. Yeah. Well, I don't pay myself anything for any of my charitable work. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I have no. Um, Keeps you much more honest that way. I have no plans to uh, to take the job at the opera. Uh huh. No plans. I haven't even asked. No one's asked me. I haven't applied. I'm, I'm just saying. You don't yeah, have plans. You're saying I would be good for it. I'm saying you would be fantastic for that job. But then I wouldn't be able to do all my interviews. Who says? You have a podcast. You could start a whole new oh. opera podcast, which more people would listen to than the radio. That's true. Because <laughs> it's longer. Yeah. <laughs> well, the radio versions. I, I interview these I two. I mean, I don't mean that they do not listen to the radio. I mean that they would listen to the podcast because, because it would be... Because and, about they're very specific to their interests. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, I talked to two of the stars of the opera for probably 20 minutes. And yet once edited down... And then, so I put the, that on the, on the 20-minute version mm-hmm. online, but then I could only play two minutes and I pushed it to two and change almost three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the radio version because I had to get in the joke about the <laughs> Winter Olympics and K-pop yes. and I had to get in a couple of other laugh moments Yeah. so you know, I picked the funniest parts of the interview and then we, the, the serious classical music stuff didn't make it to radio it just stayed <laughs> on the internet right. <laughs> no. no but I will like um, all joking aside it was the very first opera I had seen in person it was amazing, and it was wonderful, and I was really into it. They say it is, uh, Aida is the best opera for beginners, because... Except it's a thousand years long. And it spoils you because of its scope. Uh, many operas only have a handful of characters, you know? Yeah, but see, I think, like, I'm now prepared for that. Uh-huh. Because um, I have been to the grandest. The grandest of the grand. And it was, it was wonderful. It was, I mean every moment and it was so funny because there were a couple times when you're like are you okay are you good are you good and I was like shh, shh, shh. I am into this good the only thing and I, I told you and Jerry this afterwards is I'm not sure I like the the English captions they can be distracting I'm not sure because they take your eye off the action so you're if you're looking at the caption and you've missed an emotive moment you know yes. because you hear everything obviously and the voices are so powerful that they can be done without amplification. Oh, it's fill the room amazing. and have to sing over an orchestra and over each other sometimes. Yes, so that's that's all baffling and mind-boggling the way they can do that. But if if you're looking up to read along with them, you might be missing a subtle move or facial expression. Yes. And also, if you're reading along with them, you may find out something before it is sung and or emoted. Yeah. Uh, which at one point happened uh, for me when Aida, spoiler alert, um, when Aida realizes her father is there with her 
It says my father on the screen. It says my father, but it was before she had noticed her father. Ah. And so I was like, oh. Okay, there it is. Gotcha. And so for me, I I think I would prefer it without. That's interesting because what the reason they have them mm-hmm. is to make the opera more accessible to younger generations and newer people. Right. Well, and I I totally understand that, and it's not something that I that was so terrible. I was like, oh, I hated that, and it didn't ruin my experience. But I think personally, mm-hmm. I would prefer. I'm gonna have to wear like a ball cap. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> well, I got to tell you that one of the best opera experiences that's, I had. That's I've what ever you wear to the had. opera, right? Like, flip, if you flip. don't want to see, just yeah. wear a visor. They should hand those out. A poker visor. At Carnegie Hall, they dispense free Ricola. They should dispense free poker visors. And, oh, God bless East Tennessee. We've talked about all these allergies. Everybody in that audience needed a damn Allegra. Holy mackerel. Because it wasn't bad if the if if the symphony was in full volume and the 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 beautiful principles were in full volume or the chorus was in full volume. But man, those quiet moments, it was <laughs> And I felt so bad because I had I'm I'm dealing with it. But there was a woman a couple rows behind me who way louder. But she got up and left and I mean that's what you have to do. Oh, she yeah. was at that point to where she kept there's nothing worse than trying to stifle a cough. Yeah. When you know it's coming, you're like <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. But it was it was so wonderful. It really I, it amazes was. me how they can come and to the allergy capital and sing so well, but they know they They have tricks and tips. And, exactly. Yeah. And this uh, woman we were enthralled with, Sabina Kim. Oh, she told me she came on short notice to the Rossini Festival. She said, I had to pack my bag and get here in 24 hours notice. I thought she meant that she was planning on coming in later in the month to... But she was, like, that role that yeah, she played she, was recast Yeah, I did her. not realize that, but she, yes, until I read the review. Yes, she was, I didn't either. So she was trying to explain to me, and I just misunderstood. I thought she meant she was rushed to get to the Rossini Festival, but she was saying, no, no, I didn't know I was playing in this part until the day before the Rossini Festival, and I had to get down here, sing an outdoor concert at the Rossini Festival, and then immediately the next day start rehearsals for Aida. Start rehearsals. And, I mean, no offense to all my other friends, she might have been the best one. She was so amazing. I, you know how I felt when we walked out of there. I I love and I think that everyone else in the show was, and the opera was fantastic. I gotta say, Scott Bearden's voice does it for me. Oh my God. I love his baritone voice. And his part was was smaller, whereas Sabina Kim had the I think the biggest part in the opera. And Darius is that my who Darius Thomas is Darius the messenger Thomas. with the uh, oh, tenor voice. Just oh, what just lovely stole great, that part of the show. He's got star power. He's going to be big. Yeah, but no, Sabina. I mean, I told you at one of the four intermissions um, that I. <laughs> Were there there four? were four. I thought, there was, I thought there were three. There were four. I thought there were three. There were four. Oh well, because uh, I got so minutes. I got I talked it up. I missed them. I missed most of the intermissions. So I was busy glad handing. Yeah, you were. Um, I was busy as well. Um. um <laughs> oh God, don't. So you told don't. me during the that Sabina was was doing a great yes. job. No, and like just her entire performance. Because she was, she was the villain, but also more tender, and that's the review that I read. Even said that yeah. she played it with a more tender right. hand. Yes, and that that was very endearing, and it was. Uh, I could not not watch her. Yeah. No matter what was happening, I could not take my eyes off of just. She was just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. 
She's a mezzo soprano. Right, which means lower soprano. Right, right. And in, like in, um, I learned this from one of my other interviews when last year when uh, they did Mary Queen of Scots mm-hmm. and Rochelle Bard is the higher soprano playing Mary mm-hmm. and then they had Kathy Daniel as the mezzo and Kathy Daniel as a, as a low mezzo she's really she's got a very almost mm-hmm. it's it, she's technically that a soprano but it sounds deep alto, so she's playing yeah. the evil Queen Elizabeth and the two of them having this fight this battle this operatic voices. battle yeah. and Maestro deliberately wanted that yeah um you don't have to do it that way, but that was an artistic choice to go to the extremes of the soprano, extreme high, extreme low. That's such low. a great choice. And it was, from what I understand from talking to these singers, it was a little bit unusual because, the, first of all, the opera's barely ever done. Maria mm-hmm. Stuarda is barely mm-hmm. ever done. And that he went this way with it, but he also had it in his head. He's obsessed with Joan Sutherland, mm-hmm. Maestro Celeste. Mm-hmm. And if Joan Sutherland did it 50 years ago or 70 years ago, whatever she did, yeah. he's somehow got that in his head and he just... That's how it has to be. Well, not how it has to be, but it inspires him. Right, right. And Which is great. And it inspires him to make some interesting and unusual and great choices. But I, I forgot to tell you about the captions, the super titles. Right, because you, you were getting ready to say your favorite... One of, my, one of my best experiences was at Tosca because they didn't have it in a theater, so they had it in a church, they had it in an exhibition hall, and they had it at the World's it Fair Park. It was like Park. the three different locations. You had to hike hike to go to your opera. Yes. Which was cool. So because they said there will be no super titles, they warned everybody ahead of time. And part super of my titles? Ju- is that what they call yeah. them? Yeah. Okay. As opposed to subtitles? Right. Super titles. It's the opposite of subtitles. Yeah. So because there weren't those, one of my jobs as promoter, as, as mm-hmm. radio marketer, helper man, was to explain to the opera-going audience that this is going to be unusual, you're going to have to walk from here to here to here, they're not going to have super titles, blah, 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 also, blah, blah. do your research. Because it's not like you're so, going to, spoiler alert, ruin the story, it's an right. opera. Yeah, she jumps off the tower at the end and kills herself, sorry, that's right. how it ends. Uh, it's an opera, they all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's comedic opera, they still did. Yeah, because they all, it's, it's old, it's old That's how they do it. And they told you to go to the website and get the PDF of the libretto, so the script. Right, so, so you understand. In, but it was the English translation of it, so you could read it ahead of time. Yeah. You could print it out and bring it with you if you wanted, but... Um, Wikipedia that mess, y'all. Yeah, but that's what you did. You read it ahead of time, and I was yeah. able to enjoy it because I know that here's Scott Bearden coming in as the bad guy, as Scarpia. Right. And I understand what he's going to try to communicate and then you, oh, you just listen to him do it in Italian. You're like, right, okay. Right, wow, how is it I completely understand this? Wow. Because if you've done your job and you've educated yourself on what you're going to and they're doing their job as performers, then you good. It's kind of the opposite of what we talk about with movies. Like Nobody wants to know what happens in the Avengers movie because you want to be surprised right. and you want your friends to not right. tell you. But in opera, you need to... Like, okay, what happens? You need to completely know the plot forward and backward before you step down into your seat. Yeah, but I, I do. I love it, and I'm excited for the next season because they're doing an outdoor up. At Jerry's, uh, well, Jerry's. At, at Jerry's church. At Jerry's church. <laughs> at, at the, at the Jerry Cathedral. has a church now. Well, because she's already sung there, in yes. the, uh, and she might end up being in that choir because they'll use the church choir for mm-hmm. the Cathedral of the Sacred Heart on uh, North Shore. I believe someone already told her she's doing it. Oh, really? I believe the director already said Of the, of the church choir? Yeah. Yeah, see, if I can transfer her and get her into the opera choir, she'll get paid. Okay. I like <laughs> that you said, if I can transfer her. Well, yeah. Part of that new job you're taking? No. What I'm, what I'm saying is <laughs> uh-huh. I need to... I'm a big fan. I'm her biggest fan. But yeah. I have to build her confidence 
and help her feel well, that's confident what, in herself. That's what we do as significant others. We support and love. Because, you know, I, I many years ago nudged her to join the Coral Society. Uh-huh. And, you know, have nudged her to a couple other things along the way. Yeah. Whether, and then she nails it. You know, she's... Right. But she needs a nudge sometimes. We all need a nudge. Yeah. Need a nudge. So, Jerry, I am nudging you Uh-oh. to contact Don Townsend and join the opera course. The title of this episode is Need a Nudge. Hi. <laughs> I, I need a nudge. Uh, so then after the uh, fabulous Aida performance, we uh-huh. got to go to the after party. At and, Hotel Knoxville. Which is formerly conf- Marriott. Which is a confusing name. Hotel yes. Knoxville. That's but because they've been purchased by a company, and they're technically still supported by Marriott, but they're not an active Marriott property. But you still get your points. They're going on under a thirty million dollar renovation, which was supposed to begin in April and is yet to begin. Ah, I see. It's kind of a shite show. Oh, well, it was closest to the theater, yeah, and that's where the principals were staying. Yep. So we, and all they really did was they just kept the kitchen open. It was Dutch treat. You know, you could go Mm -hmm. in, you could sit, but you had an opportunity to see Scott Bearden and his wife, Mm -hmm. to see Maestro and his wife Mm -hmm. and, and Maestro's wife. Because you hadn't already seen them all. (laughs) Well, but now they're relaxed a little more. Yeah. But uh, Maestro's wife says, oh, you must come to my concert. It's at the Ossily Circle and it's that, I don't know what she's talking about. I have no idea what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. And... She said, and she says, oh, and it's on Thursday, and my mind is clicking, thinking... And you literally told her, well, I'm not sure what I have going on, because there's a Marble City opera, and I was like, are you crazy? I should have shut up. Yes, well, Yeah, you shut up. Well, since then, I've shut uh, up. Since then, I've, I've told her, yes, I'll, I'm but coming. do you know what her response was? What? Which was fantastic, and she's brilliant because of it. She goes, yes, but Marble City will have another performance the next night. Yes. Because she knows her ish. Yes. So, she invited you to something, then gave you a reason why you wouldn't have to miss it for something else. And I didn't need to get into the details of it, and I realized for, I want to say political reasons, although that's not really the right reason. For professional handy reasons. For professional reasons, knowing that I, it's important to maintain the relationship, I thought, and plus it's going to be a good show. I didn't realize what she was talking about. She's like, you must come to my concert. And I'm like... I hadn't heard of her concert yet. What is what is this? So is? I found out that she's singing. I knew she played an instrument. But I didn't right. know she sang. So she'll be performing in this show on Thursday, and I thought we need to go to this. So I wrote back to her and said we're going. And she's oh good, I'm so excited. I'll give, make sure you have VIP seats. I'm like of I don't cool. need that, but it's you know, the thank ox, you. But you accept? Mm-hmm. I graciously accept. Yeah. So I think it'll be nice. I'm looking forward to it. I think it will. I think that's a good choice and a good career choice. And it means I can't go to the Marble City performance, but they need my... There's one on Friday. I have a gig holding up femurs for Dr. Bass. Oh, well. Oh, no. Oh, no. You won't be able... It'll be fun. But I'll miss the Marble City one. But I went to the rehearsal, the Marble City rehearsal the other night, because they're like, hey, can you do some of that stuff you do for Knoxville Opera for us? I'm like, well, not really. not really. Because they buy advertising. Right. They pay me. And I do a lot of extra work putting these videos together and all this stuff. However, I can stop by for an hour. And I did. Mm-hmm. I went to their rehearsal for an hour. And I said, I will talk with your cast. Yeah. And then Brandon Gibson. Love him. He pulled out his phone and he recorded me talking. I think I must have done six interviews mm-hmm. with two people at a time. So probably 12 different people. And it was fun for me because here I am. I'm walking into a room of strangers. Mm-hmm. And you're expected to learn their names instantly. Right. 
Now, I looked at the website, so I was trying to get it, trying mm-hmm. to figure Doing out. Doing your research. I Googled and wikipedia Wikipedia, that ish. The plot of the play, but now you've walked into this room. So I start doing the trick, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's really, it's, it's really improv is where yeah. I've learned this. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you have to quickly memorize a bunch of things. So I just start playing with, okay, I know your name is Ryan and your name is Dan, but that's not Dan Ryan. You're Ryan Ford. You're Dan Barry. Okay. That's Barry, Dan, Barry Ford, Dan Barry, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just having fun with it. You're rain manning the crap. I'm rain manning the crap out of yeah. it. And they're looking at me like, oh, this is amusing to watch. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're Jennifer Barsamian. Barsamians. Okay. That you're from New York. I get this. It turns out that she is in the next town over from Aunt Grace. Okay. So she's the soprano. She's played Carmen before. I got that. All right. And this woman over here, her name is Cat Richmond, but she's from Atlanta. She's shorter than I am. And that's it. And, da, 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 da. and then over here, we've got Ryan Colbert. Sounds the same as Stephen Colbert. She's got green lipstick on. I don't know why. I must ask her about that in the interview. This gentleman over here is named Brandon Evans. He's tall. When I got here, he was wrapped in a sheet. Why did that happen? I should ask about that. The maestro's name is Peter Leonard. I don't know him. I must ask more. The director is James Marvel. I've met him before. That'll be fine. No worries. Check. Then Brandon Kofer is the musician. I've seen him performed before I don't know him but I got that covered over Brandon Gibson I already know Catherine Frady I already know she's the executive director mm-hmm. so as you can my you, brain is melting right now but can you understand that I am actually sitting with you on the podcast porch uh, but I am visualizing oh, the, the memory palace I can tell and so and can everyone else listen I'm pointing to where they were standing at that moment uh-huh. that I encountered them uh-huh. so then when they come out in the hall and I'm doing the interviews with them and I've remembered their names for now, well, obviously it's been a week now, but it's, you know, for that point it was only a few minutes. They're like, oh, it makes it feel special because they are special. Well, yeah, it's good to know people's names. Yeah. I don't do that. Well, I also had a conversation with this girl named Octavia. Yes, you I were do. There. I we, was, we were at the op- yes. after party for the opera. Were you involved heard, in this? I heard her telling you that it was, she was surprised that you remembered her, uh, Sarah. Her Sarah, but. You also confuse me because you called Octavia by a different name. When I met Octavia, I was introduced to her as Sammy. Right, which is what someone else calls her. Dave Fennell calls her that. Okay. Because her name is was Samantha at some point. Okay. And she changed it to Octavia. Okay. So I'm, but I met her as Sammy, and she called herself Sammy. Um, right. That's what I thought her name was, mm-hmm. and I thought Octavia was maybe. A name that strangers like call her stage name. I'm like, I don't know where where I am on the familiarity scale. Right. What right. do I call you? Right. So now it's been established. I call her Octavia. Octavia. That's the what end. her name is. That's what she wants to be called. Okay, I get it now. Yes. But I also was telling her that when I hear a name, and this is I was fighting this at the mm. at Marble City the other night because mm-hmm. you're hearing the name and it goes in one ear and out the other. And I know a lot of people have that same phenomenon. You hear someone's name and you're like, I, uh, and you're just so right. In your own head, yeah. that you cannot absorb. It's in one ear, not the other. I don't know why, because you're so nervous about meeting a new person. Whoosh, it goes right out. Yeah, and like it's important to me to remember people's names, and I repeat their names. Yes. When I meet someone, it's like, hi, I'm hi, I'm Octavia. Hi, Octavia. I'm Krisha. Yes. Nice to meet you, Octavia. Yes. But also, I have zero problem telling someone, I know, I know you, and I apologize. I have totally forgotten your name. Mm-hmm. I'm Krisha, and I introduce myself yes. because, for the most part, people forget people's names, and I yeah. think I think it's socially acceptable to forget someone's name sometimes yes. because, especially in these situations, right. it's socially acceptable to say I'm I'm terribly sorry. But I was I trying your name. to tell Octavia my trick. 
Yeah. And I didn't know I had this trick until Facebook came along, and I realized that I knew everyone's middle names and right. maiden names were never spoken to me. Right. And all of a sudden, I look at people, my Facebook friends, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's Mary Kay Smeltzer Griner. <laughs> like, I know Who is the easiest names. example to use, because I've only ever known her as just Mary Kay. But now she's Mary Kay Smeltzer Griner. Yeah. Because she's got all of this on Facebook. John Jacob Jingleheimer Smeltzer Griner. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, obviously, I'm a visual learner, which I have been told. Yeah. And as opposed to an audio learner, which is why I love podcasts, because they're always new to me every time. Well, no, what does that <laughs> I don't remember them. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and so I was telling Octavia that if you can visualize the name in writing mm-hmm. somehow, mm-hmm. and that's why I go through this whole rigmarole. How do you spell? Oh, how do you spell that? That's fascinating. Let me let me write that out in my face, in my head. Let in me my, write that out. Let me write that out in my face. In my minute. imagination. Hold on. Let me use my face. I'm gonna try and think of that name in writing. I think in my face. And then I can remember it. I think in my face. So that's kind of the the thing with all these people that I met at the opera. I had to think about how do they spell their names, not just what is their name. Good thing you're not a sensory learner. <laughs> I learned by Braille. I learned by touching you. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to oh, feel yes, your eyeballs. I remember. Oh yes. <laughs> you just have to touch everyone. <laughs> just to, Oh, there's that mole. Okay. Uh, Hi. Yes, I'm going <laughs> to Thomas it is. I think phrenology is the term for that. Is it? Where you you feel someone's skull and the bumps on their skull and you diagnose everything about them. Yeah, that's it's unpleasant. A, it's, that's it's uncomfortable. A, it's a BS. Art, yeah. science. Is it? I don't know. Phrenology? Uh, you never know. So I could tell everything about you by the bumps on your head? Somebody might be. You are not practiced in phrenology. Uh-huh. A phrenologist might know. I'm pretty what sure that's what What if somebody came called. over to your house and started rubbing on your head and did not well, know you at all? As long as they're a phrenologist and not a frotologist. Right. But like if they come over and they start rubbing on your head and then they know things about you, you're going to freak out a little. You're going to believe it a little more. Yeah. Yeah. But I've tried my entire life to get people to understand me, and it hasn't worked yet. You're the close. You have come the closest. You and my wife, of course. That's because I can guess your passwords. (laughs) 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 Because we've had these conversations. Right. You actually pay attention and listen. Most people are like, "Oh, shut up." You just hush now. (laughs) What's he saying? He's still talking. I guess so. Is this podcast still going on? Is he spelling people's names again? We're way past our time, I'm sure. Took 20 minutes for Frank to go through his memory palace. (laughs) I can edit that out. No, it's great. (laughs) Please keep the memory palace in. All right. You can just edit out my talking. (laughs) (laughs) I think I prefer to edit out my own. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we do need to wrap it. That was the opera episode. That was the opera episode. And we didn't even have to talk about the bad stuff. Right, we only talked about the good stuff. I loved it. Me too. We'll the do it again? The opera was amazing. I would love to do it again. All right, well, they're like, doing... Like, not the same opera, though. No, no, they won't do that one again for 20 more years. No. They're going to do a Mozart comedy called The Impresario. Yes. Paired with Gianni Schicchi, which I don't know anything about uh-huh. yet. But uh, the lady from Flying Anvil, Laura Beth Laura Beth Wells, Wells, is married to an opera singer. Yeah. And he's going to be in Johnny Skiki nice. with Knoxville Opera in October. That's fantastic. So one of the nights conflicts with the Heart Scares Ball. Oh, gosh. So I probably will want to go to the Sunday matinee. Oh, I did enjoy the Heart Scares Ball, I will Because we say. could win more prizes. And then in February, they're doing a Lucia de Lama Moore, which is one of these big famous ones, I guess. Yes. And then in May, 
they're doing the one at the cathedral. Yeah, and it's which outdoors. Which is part sacred concert. So I think the church choir is going to do a sacred concert. And then the short one-act opera. Yeah. Which I believe is something called, something to the effect of Cavalleria Rusticana. Yeah, sure. Something along those lines. But it's cool. I dig the outdoor thing. Yeah, so they're going to have to put up tents and case it rains and it's going to be I think in the afternoon I think they're both matinees I, I'm down for that so nice and toasty or raining it'll be May Cinco de Mayo it'll yeah. be that weekend it's the same weekend as Aida yes yeah so we're in I'm in All let's right. go deal date Opera. okay alright well thanks for listening to OperaCast OperaCast and what I learned from today is that I could probably do a whole podcast about opera which is ironic because I really don't know squat you about really opera you really should and I guess that's what makes it interesting is I'm curious enough to ask and not embarrassed that I don't know stuff. Right. When sometimes classical interviewers, yeah. they don't want to let on that they don't know something, so they have to oh. pretend like they're well, very knowledgeable. Stupid. And I go into it like, hey, I don't know anything. Why do you do that? I don't get it. Yeah, no, that's dumb. Please explain. Yeah. So that's what I do. You have to, like, that's, most people don't know. Yeah. Okay. Why would you try to pretend to know? Because when you're a classical DJ... Now, Melanie Dodson doesn't do this because I listen to her interviews and she listens to mine. She's wonderful. And we have kind of fun with that because Mm -hmm. we interview the same people on the same day. And it's interesting to see how much the interviews are the same and how much they're different. Yeah, yeah. So we're fans of one another and we share... We talk about it when we see each other. That's lovely. But I've heard in other cities people who are just so stuck up and they ask as if they... They must know. They must be the expert, you know, pronounce everything just so... Well, you know... It's just, it's how it is. It's how it is. All right. It's Semantics with Krisha and Frank. Bye, Bruce.